Well, we've been uh, working through um, rhythms of a disciple, also known as spiritual disciplines, spiritual exercises. Um, I encourage you to, to go back and review some of those if, if you haven't uh, been with us for them. And so this is the fourth one that we are going to uh, uh, talk about today. It's, it's Thanksgiving. Now, oftentimes you won't see Thanksgiving in the list of, of spiritual disciplines. People have all different ways that they, you know, all different lists. And there's so much crossover with every, every single one. But uh, I, I, we wanted to include Thanksgiving directly for some reasons that I hope will become evident. Um, first of all, with all of these, we're, we're trying to model our life after Christ, after Jesus. How did he live? How did he expect us to live as disciples? What are the rhythms uh, uh, that he had in his life. And uh, it's clear, we see many times when, when uh, uh, Jesus expressing thanks to the Father. For example, anytime it appears before he eats, he's thanking God. So little things. Uh, in fact, the, even that, that prayer of thank you, Lord, for providing, you know, we still do that, most of us, and it's a really terrific thing to do. Um, and it's less about, Lord, you know, bless this food so it doesn't kill me. Some, some, some of us are like, you know, it's sort of, Lord, uh, I don't know why, but bless it so it doesn't, you know. But it's much more about, Lord, thank you for providing this sustenance. And that seemed to be the way that Jesus had prayed. Um, so he would pray daily for things like that, uh, routine things. And then things that were not so routine, like some, you know, big miracles. Well, maybe they were routine for him. But, um, you know, you have like the raising of Lazarus. He prayed, thank you, Father, that you've heard me, right before he says, Lazarus, come out. You, you also... You see him expressing thanks uh, before the feeding of the 5,000. So routine things and, uh, uh, you know, big unusual things. So it was just a part of his life. And uh, the one we come back to often here, in fact, I just talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we were, uh, were taking communion, is this. When, when Jesus had taken the cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. And that word, give thanks is the Greek word Eucharisteo. And it shouldn't be a surprise then that some of our more orthodox brothers and sisters of the church will use the term Eucharist instead of uh, uh, communion or Lord's Supper. I know there's different traditions that, that go further in different places than we do in our, in our theology, but um, the core of it is this, it, the, the taking of the wine and the bread to remember and say thanks. Thank you, Jesus, Eucharisteo, for what you did. And that's why we do this weekly here uh, um, because I, I, I don't want us ever to get a, come away from that. That's the, that is like the core of the gospel, is to remember and to say thank you. Um, so the, the early church, when they gathered, this was a part of their rhythm. In fact, the, the book of Acts says they gathered for, uh, uh, for prayer and for the breaking of bread, for the Lord's Supper, for Eucharist Deo. It, it was integrated with the way that they lived, corporately and individually. Uh, so that's what we seek to do as well. We want to be, as disciples of Jesus, a people who are marked by thanksgiving. Here are some admonitions from Scripture to give thanks. Now, there are so many of these. It's fun to just do a search and just see all the different places that thanksgiving is, is talked about. I'll just give you a couple from Paul uh, and then one from the Psalms. Uh, this is from Colossians. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. To which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. 
And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Uh, sometimes I look at verses like this and say, okay, but uh, uh, you know, what if I'm I literally, you know, I'm not feeling it today. I'm not feeling the spiritual songs. I'm not feeling the, the rejoicing that ought to come. Excuse me. Um, I'm not feeling those things. But what Paul says is, is to do it, like to choose it. Be thankful. Say thanks. And you don't have to wait until you feel it. In fact, there's this really strange thing in our culture that, you know, sort of expresses you shouldn't do something unless you feel it. And like, you know, then you're suddenly not being true to yourself. And that's so backwards, it's not even funny. We're not supposed to follow our feelings. That was never the way we were designed. In fact, you're designed to make a choice and feelings follow that choice. So this was, it was never supposed to be a criteria on what you're allowed to say or not say. Yeah, I, I can't say thank you because right now I don't feel thankful. So what? He says, say thanks. Express the gratitude. Even if you're not feeling the gratitude because you know indeed that you have been given gifts. Um, so uh, in fact, I, we used to sing this song when I was a kid. Uh, I, I won't sing it, but if we, if we bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. You guys remember this? Who's remember this song, right? All right, it's a great song. And I, I, I would hear this song as a kid, and I would say to my, my parents, what does that even mean, we bring a sacrifice of praise? And my dad said, well, that means, you know, sometimes you come into church and you don't feel like singing. You don't feel like worshiping God, but you do it anyway. It's a sacrifice of praise. And it's actually a beautiful thing. Lord, I don't feel it, but I'm going to praise you anyway. You know what? That's good worship right there. Here's another one. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your uh, reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We don't pretend that everything is good in these times. We acknowledge. We're coming and saying, Lord, we have requests. We have things in our lives that really are broken and we need you to come. But neither do we pretend that he's not good. You see, we can, we can come with both sides and say, Lord, I have this thing that's really weighing on me, and I need to lay this before you. But Lord, I also acknowledge your goodness in my life. I can come with both things. I can come with requests and thanksgiving. In fact, Paul doesn't seem to think those are like at all mutually exclusive. He says, bring both of them. Bring both of them. Um, David did this, of course, incredibly well. And a couple weeks ago, we talked a bit about David and his brutal honesty in some of the Psalms. You know, he prays these prayers that you're like, you know, you don't want to pray necessarily because you're afraid of the lightning. But he would pray these, and sometimes I wonder, maybe he was able to get away with this, uh, you know, because he was also so honest in his praise. You know what I mean? Like, the guy who's like, where are you, Lord? Why have you forsaken me? What's going on? He's the same guy who's out dancing in his skivvies when the Ark of the Covenant comes back into Jerusalem. And who's just yelling at the top of his lungs how much he loves and, and praises the Lord. Here's Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all ye saints. You can't, you can't read this in a monotone. You almost have to read it like shouting. Make a joyful noise. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. 
It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. That's David. He comes, he comes with raw intensity in the hard times and in the good times. I love Eugene Peterson's summary of this in the message. I'll just take the second half of this, okay? Get this, this is great. He said, the, starting at the, right in the middle, enter with the password, thank you. Enter, it's like the, the password. Here's the password, the courts of praise. The password is thank you. Make yourselves at home talking praise. Thank him, worshiping, worship him, for God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal and always near. Isn't that good stuff? As disciples of Jesus, we thank him in everyday things like our meals. We thank him in big things like miracles. And we thank him, we, we enter in his presence with thanksgiving in our hearts. We enter with a password, thank you. Whether we're coming into these courts in this sanctuary or the sanctuary that is your living room. That's the password. That's what we come, that's what we lead with. Okay, you say, but why are you including Thanksgiving as a discipline? Because most of the time you read a book on spiritual disciplines, most of the time, sometimes it is, most of the time you won't see this included. And you say, well, this is, a, this is just prayer, right? This is part of our prayer life, and it absolutely is. And it's also our, our life of worship. These things inter, interlace so well. Uh, Thanksgiving is a part of prayer. It is a part of worship. It is even part of silence. But I specifically, uh, when Joshua and I talked about this, we specifically wanted this in here because our culture seems to have forgotten about Thanksgiving. We seem to have been so blessed that we no longer realize it anymore and we skim over it and we just notice all the bad stuff. And we've, in some ways, our culture has become blind to all the blessings that we have. And so I feel like we need to see it and we need to put extra emphasis on it. Um, the, uh, we, in other words, we have to practice it. Now, if, if, if you're living hundreds of years ago, uh, and you're, you're like, you know, most of, the, most of the people who have lived throughout history have not known where all their next meals are coming from. And maybe if you don't know where your next meals are coming from, and then suddenly your dad comes in and he's carrying a deer that, that he, he was, was able to, to, to kill, and it, you suddenly have food, and you know you're going to be able to eat. You are in full Thanksgiving mode at that point. But here we are, and like we're just not in that position at all. In fact, we walk down Safeway, and we see aisles and aisles. You go to Costco. Let me tell you, I, George Nita's dad, going up in the, in the jungles of Papua New Guinea, living his whole life there, went to Costco and was totally overwhelmed started getting dizzy and had to leave. It was so overwhelming that there could be a place with this much food, with this much blessing. He couldn't even deal with it. That's where we are. And we need to recognize that. So, I tend to think, though, that we've become a little bit numb to it. Our relationship with God runs on gratitude. Therefore, we need to practice it. We have to be intentional about looking to find it, to, to, to see the things God's done and point them out. Um, here's Paul's admonition here. Check this out. Romans 1. This is a familiar passage to a lot of us. But God's invisible attributes, 
namely, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So unrighteous men are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and foolish, uh, their foolish hearts were darkened. Now, there's a whole downward, downward spiral in Romans 1, and you see all the things that the, the darkened heart of man ends up in. And it, it, what, what strikes me here is that it begins with ungratefulness. They did not say thanks to God. They stopped acknowledging Him as the source of blessing. And if that happens, the gravity of your culture will catch you, and it will push you down. And you will go further and, and, and deeper into darkness. And we see it happening around us. We see uh, uh, th this, this descent. Uh, you know what? It's, you know where I see this? I, I'll never forget a couple of years ago. Oh, it was more than a couple of years. But at least five years ago, there was a big storm. I come from Texas, and we have real Texas-sized storms. And tornado warnings every spring and all this kind of stuff. Um, and we don't get that very much here, but we got a big storm several years back, and uh, big heavy winds, and uh, you know, the trees here, um, you know, they don't know what to do when the big heavy winds come and the big heavy rains come. It's just true. They're like, we're used to the mists of Oregon, you know? And so, the, you know, the trees started dropping limbs on power lines, and, and well, you know, what happened? The same thing that happened earlier, uh, you know, this, this year with all the, the ice storms. So what happened is a whole bunch of people lost power for several days. And so here we are, you know, uh, do, doing our best without power. A and the thing I'll always remember is what happened on the Facebook page of the power company. Now these guys, by the way, I think are heroes. Because they work day and night after these storms to clear the debris, to get everything safe, to restore power and all this but on the Facebook page, you had people so furious with the power company. Absolutely, just lay, how, what is wrong with you people? I still don't have power. It's been 36 hours, and I don't have power. It's just, it's, so in other words, you got this is ironic on so many levels. First of all, electricity in homes has never throughout history even been dreamed of. It's only been this last generation that people have had this on a regular, in fact, there's still many, many people across the globe that do not have it. So it's like all of human history, no lights, no lights, no lights, no lights, no lights. Suddenly, lights, and the lights go out. It's like, ah, what do we do? It's like immediately we've forgotten about that blessing and come to expect it. Like we're just, we're entitled to lights. We're entitled to our laptop being able to connect. Well, this is what we, this is what the, the world owes us this thing now. You see that? Now, let me, how can you be satisfied? How can you be a person of joy if that's your mentality? Furthermore, the people are on their magic little devices able to complain on a worldwide network of people who can talk internationally face-to-face. -face. Their phone can tell them stories. Now, I mean, these, these amazing, these little things. And they're looking at this going... It's not fair. Everybody hates me and the world stinks. Where is God? 
Do you see we got a problem? I know this isn't everybody. I get that. But I just couldn't believe the response. Well, these people are working day and night to try to restore this incredible blessing of this amazing world that we live in today. But what happens if we expect every new thing that happens, every great thing that happens, we no longer say thank you for? Because the minute it hits, it's like, okay, well, I can just expect that now. Look, how can you possibly ever have joy in that? And what happens with God? When you stop acknowledging him as the source of any of these blessings, you've only got one way to go. You see, here's what happens. Then when any of those things is taken away, what, what happens? People blame God. So in other words, he gets, all, he gets zero of the credit when good things are happening. This is really true in our society. He gets no credit when good things happen, but he gets all the blame. When bad things happen, they say it's either proof that God doesn't exist or that God isn't good. But when great things happen, oh, well, it's just great. Look at the ingenuity of human beings. Like, none. It's so intellectually dishonest, and it will lead to dark, dark places. In fact, all you have to do is look around and see that it's led to dark, dark places. This is why we, as disciples of Jesus Christ, need to practice thanksgiving and bring the light of the blessing of the Lord back to the surface. So... Okay, here's what we need to return to, what James says. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. It's from above. You get this. Every good and perfect gift comes from him, comes down from the Father of lights. We need to return to that posture. Now, here's the thing. This verse really hit me a couple of years ago as I was thinking about it. Because you guys, most of you know my story. If you don't know my story, you know, I've got five kids and, and my 11-year-old is severely autistic. And uh, uh, it really threw me for a loop for a really long time. And I was praying and I, we still pray for the perfect gift. In this case, let me tell you what the perfect gift is. The perfect gift is, is full speech and communication. That I can know what's in his heart. He doesn't speak. Uh, he speaks in just short little, sometimes it's movie clips, um, you know, that he'll say, or little phrases that are memorized, and he'll just sort of go all the time. But I, I long to know what's in his heart. I long to, to be able to have a conversation with him. Uh, and I know he longs for it too. And I, I have always prayed, Lord, for that miracle, that miracle that, that maybe he would just start, just, hi, Dad, good morning. Like that. You know, I pray for that, for that big breakthrough. But here's the thing, when I wasn't getting that breakthrough, and I still haven't, I was no longer acknowledging the good gifts. I was waiting so much for the perfect gift that I wasn't seeing the good ones. And I didn't realize this for a long time until I'm sitting down with Sarah one day in some pizzeria. Uh, and she says, I say, you know, because she's always like so, she's, you know, she's very positive. And, and I certainly was not being positive at this time. And I still struggle with that, right, with being pessimistic. And I say, you know what, honestly, I feel like sometimes you're in denial. You think things are going so much better than they really are with him. And she says, no, I don't think that's true. I think what, what happens is you're not looking for the little things. You're missing out on the little ways he's growing because you're looking for all the big ones. In other words, I was not looking for the good gifts. I was only looking for the perfect. So here he is making all these strides, little, little victories, small victories, little steps. And, and great things were happening, but I was missing it. I was missing it because I was looking up here. And then when that wasn't happening, I'm like, Lord, you don't hear me. You're not answering 
any of my prayers when in fact he was. Every good and perfect gift, every gift comes from him. Now there will be days of complete, there will be a day of completion when these things are answered and when all things are set right. But, but until that day, he is still good. He still gives good gifts, even if it's not the final one. We need to look for those things. And, and since that day, I've talked a lot about it, written a lot about this, of like small victories. And I'm realizing this is such a theme among special needs parents. It's like we sort of band together. Hey, small victories. That's right. And we, we start to celebrate all the little victories. Because if we don't, it can get very, it can get hard. But we see them and we look for them. And now we have, I feel like we have more reason to celebrate than, than other families do. You know? Does that make sense? Look for the small things. Because this is true, not just for special needs parents. This is true across the board. God gives us small victories and we need to look for those and begin to acknowledge them. So, practically speaking, practicing gratitude. Here's what I recommend. Because we're getting very practical. We're saying this should be in our, our, our rhythm. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Start with the obvious blessings. So when you come into the presence of God, whether it be at your time with him in the morning or here on a Sunday or whatever. Enter with thanksgiving. The password is thank you. And if, if you're having trouble knowing what to, to thank God for, especially if it's a harder day or something, I'm just going to make it super easy for you, okay? Just look around you and, and first ask this question. Am I breathing? Yes. There we go. We're going to start there. Thank you, Lord, for breath. Thank you that I am alive, that you've given me this, ah, oh, that's good, thank you. Is it a new day? Yes, it is. Thank him for the new day. It's a new day. You did not zap me yesterday. Thank you, Lord, for not zapping me yesterday. Thank you. Is the sun up? Maybe if it is, thank you, Lord, for the sun. We like the sun. Is it raining? Yeah. Okay, I'm a little tired of the rain, but thank you for the rain because that's what helps me to eat. Well, that, you know, we couldn't eat without the rain. So thank you for the rain, even. You know, and you keep going. Do I have a roof over my head? Well, yeah, currently I do. Hey, thank you, Lord, for a roof over my head. You see how easy it starts? Now, if, you, if you're still unable, if maybe none of that's working for you, just think back. I already made reference to you. Think back. What would life have been like for me 500 years ago? Oh, Lord, I have so many things suddenly to be thankful for now. Start easy. Okay, and I, I'm telling you, these things actually do matter. If you begin to look at them and acknowledge that God really does give us gifts. Secondly, practice thanking other people, even for the small things. Okay? So even apart from our time with God, look for, uh, look for those opportunities, whether it's friends and family in your day-to-day -day life, even if it's a customer service representative who brought you your taco and was very sweet. Thank them for that. Let's look to ways to cultivate thankfulness in our own lives. Third, insert gratitude in your request. Just like Paul says in Philippians 4, Insert gratitude, even if you have big things you're praying for. It, it, make sure that it doesn't become just this list of things that aren't going. If you feel like, oh, I'm getting down, then stop. Find something to thank God for right there. And then continue with thanksgiving. In other words, let's mix those things together, okay? Finally, actively look for the hand of God. Actively look. Um, if the worship team can start making their way up here, that'd be great. Um, I've been thinking a whole lot about this part lately. And part of the reason is, is this. I, I know 
a lot of you guys saw this um, online this week. Um, I've been doing a lot of writing about my son uh, for the past five years. And it uh, started out sort of as just a, it was cathartic, you know. Um, and, uh, but the Lord's done a lot of stuff with it. And so it's culminated now, uh, and I just announced it this week. It's culminated in, in well, I'm writing a book um, with, yeah, that's pretty great. Um, thanks. With, uh, with NAV Press next year, so that'll uh, come out next year. So I'm in the middle of writing this. But the reason I tell you this is, is because I think about the journey, particularly since we came here. We, we've been here now for eight years. And six and a half years ago, when we came on staff, right before we came on staff, we went to this, this uh, um, conference down at, at Bethel Church in Reading, which can get a little crazy sometimes, you know. And so we're down there, and I am empty. Guys, I'm at my lowest point. I am so exhausted for so many reasons. Uh, you know, I, I was depressed in dealing with Jack's autism. I had no idea how, how to respond, how to move forward, and I just felt hopeless. Um, my son Sam had just recently had open heart surgery. We didn't know what to expect. Is he ever going to be healthy? Is he ever going to play sports? All these things were still somewhat up in the air. Uh, my, my dear friend and sister Karen Nita had passed away. as George's first wife had passed away uh, uh, from cancer after all these words about her being healed. Uh, we were in serious major debt and only going backwards. And even coming on the church was only third time. So there's no way that we could possibly get out of this hole. And it, we were just desperate, guys. We, we were desperate. And I could not sense the hand of God. So I'm going through this whole conference. And everyone's getting prayer. And God's doing this great stuff. And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. But I'm dying inside. So finally, the last night, after half the people are gone, I'm like, okay, I need prayer. <laughs> and I just sort of fall apart, right? So... All our team is there, and Joshua and his sisters were all there. Well, not all of his sisters. That would have really overwhelmed. But the, the Revises know how to pray, okay? And so when you get two or three Revises gathered together in his name, it's power. So they're all there, and, and, and more of our team is there, and they're praying over me, and the Lord's just doing some cool things inside of me. And then here's what happens. They tell this guy who is on staff there, they tell him what's going on with me. And he come, and by this time, I'm like, I'm because I've been crying so much, I'm like laying on the front row of chairs. And he comes over. Okay, so i got to describe this guy. He's <laughs> super energetic and kind of a crazy guy, you know, especially if you're like sort of uncomfortable with the charismatic movement. Like I was still, you know, can be sometimes. And he's got long blonde hair. He looks like MacGyver, only shorter. <laughs> and he comes, and they tell him what's happening. And he comes up, and he takes my finger like this. And then he leans forward like this. And he's looking at me, like, right in my face. Like, he's, like, 12 inches at that. <laughs> now, what do you do in that position? I had no idea what to do. I'm like, okay. And, like, they were a little weirded out, too, I think. So they're just, they're still praying. Like, I don't know what this guy does, but he's kind of crazy. So they're all praying more. And then they're talking. And a few minutes go by. And, like, I still feel him. I open my eyes. He's still looking at me. Like, dude, this is so creepy. And, and then eventually they just go and the prayers end and they're talking and joking. And I'm like, still, I'm like chiming in. Yeah, that's pretty funny, huh? This is... <laughs> so finally, finally, uh, this guy lets go of my finger. It was at least five minutes. It might have been ten. It was a long, that's a lot, that's like, in finger holding years, that's like a century. <laughs> so he, he finally lets go. And he, he, he says, so, so, I've been holding your finger. 
that's true. <laughs> he says, and I know it's awkward. And I did it because it's awkward. And I did it because it's intimate. It's even inappropriate. Here's why. Because all around you, you've got these hardships that are going on. But one day, you're going to take this finger that I've been holding, and you're going to be able to point at all the things that God has done. Point. Look at what God has done. And I stand here today, six and a half years later. My son Sam, his heart's totally healthy. He's going to have to have maintenance surgeries, but it's like routine now. Like the technology keeps getting better. He's going to be totally fine. We stand here today. We're not in debt anymore at all and no longer in financial crisis for the first time in our lives. That's a big deal for YWAM people. We don't remotely feel alone. We're completely surrounded and supported by a community that absolutely loves us. Our family's together and strong. My, my teenage daughters still like me, I think. That's a big deal. And my son, my son Jackal, we haven't received that perfect gift that we're still crying out for. We, he, he's going to a school next year uh, of all children on the autism spectrum with, with teachers who, who are experts in the field and who, who already, who, who know and love these kids. And it's just an incredible environment that I'm looking at, at this going, how did this even happen? And now, wonder of wonders, when I think about all that happened back then to think, oh, and by the way, all these ramblings that I did, is somehow now the Lord has given me this tool of words. It's the only tool I know how to use, basically, but of words. And now suddenly I can use that tool and, and bless a whole bunch of people. And now like it's becoming a thing that the Lord said, all these things that I showed you, all these things that I walked through you with, with the support of, of, of people who loved you. Now you can give this to other people. And guys, I'm just looking like this. I'm just pointing, going, oh, wow. Look at what God has done. Thanksgiving is taking your finger and pointing at what God has done. That is Thanksgiving. It is not just knowing those things exist, because we all know, but how often do you point? We need to cultivate our pointer finger. We need to remember that it's there. This is why he gave it to us, so we could point at the good things that he's done. We're going we're gonna to take a minute, and we're going to sing Great is Thy Faithfulness, but here's what I want to ask you to do. Take a second. You don't have to, to stand up and sing yet. Take a second while, while, while Carrie's singing and think, Lord, what is it that you've done for me? And when you, can, when you can point at a couple of things in your heart and say, yes, Lord, you've done that. Thank you, Lord. When you've got a couple of things, then stand up and let's sing this song of thanksgiving to the Lord and celebrating his goodness. Don't rush into it. It's okay if it takes a while. It really is. But let's all stand together and let this be an offering of thanksgiving, a sacrifice of praise to our God who really does give us the breakthrough.